It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've talked a lot about BYU needing a bounce-back year from their defense if they want to have success year one in the Big 12 Conference. Well, with an assist from Jeff Hansen of Cougar Sports Insider, we have physical evidence that BYU needs to do one particular thing to improve their odds of going to a bowl game and beyond this season. Let's talk about that on a Monday. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And a big thank you to all of you for your support of this venture. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. BYU had their penultimate scrimmage of training camp, their final one actually tomorrow night out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, speaking of like just media observation this week, we actually have none. So uh, we're not going to have much in the way of what I've seen with my own eyes, but of course I'll be uh, hitting up our practice insiders, people around the program who have a lot more intel than I do and be uh, ha- happy to share anything I learned from them about how BYU looks as they round out training camp. And beginning Thursday, uh, it's officially game week. BYU begins preparations for Sam Houston State in that season opener and looking forward uh, to seeing how things shake out on that front. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. And we've talked about the fact that BYU needs to have their offense continue to kind of do what it's been doing. And that means uh, continuing to pile up points, yards, and obviously taking advantage of all the possessions handed to them. But additionally, we have talked about the fact that BYU needs their defense to improve markedly if they want to have any success this year in the Big 12 Conference. Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider also does the Daily Dose of a podcast. It's also available on YouTube out there. Would encourage you guys to check that out in addition to this podcast. He talked about a, a new metric that's kind of popped up in the last couple of years, and I've heard Jeff talk about this in the past. Had a great piece he put up on Cougar Sports Insider talking about what BYU needs to do to improve their odds this season, and it goes to a metric called available yards. And what that means is Whenever BYU gets the ball, so let's say they uh, get the ball, they get a kickoff, and they return the ball to the 20-yard line. Well, in theory, they have between the 20 and the end zone, there are 80 yards they could pick up. Of course, if they score that touchdown, they have picked up all 80 yards, and that's 100% of the yards available to you were gained. Let's say if you go 10 yards and then you have to punt, you don't, you don't uh, or maybe not have to just punt right away. However many yards you picked up, that percentage is how many yards available to you that you picked up. And the metric essentially says that both offensively and defensively, it goes a long way to telling you the success rate that you have had as an offense and or a defense when it comes to being on the field as a unit. BYU over the past two years in particular, as Jeff pointed out in this article, I would encourage you guys to go check it out. Last year, BYU finished the season, so this is 2022, 15th in the country offensively, gaining better than 58% of their available yards throughout the season. So nearly uh, uh, 40 plus yards every single time they got the ball is what BYU picked up if they were starting on their own 20. They were getting themselves, as Jeff points out, essentially into field goal range every time on average they got the ball back. Defensively, though, 
They were 114th in the country, giving up 55% of their available yards. And obviously, that's not all that surprising to any of us who watched BYU's defense a year ago. The problem was is the offense was very elite by this metric, but the defense equally just as bleak, I guess is the easiest way to say it, when it comes to that. And it really affected BYU's chances a year ago of really having success. The other thing I will add to this is, having talked with multiple BYU coaches over the past couple of years, is that BYU has had a big ability as an offense to pile up yards and points as evidenced in the in the 2022 metrics in 2021 as Jeff points out the BYU's offense actually finished fifth in the country in available yards per game but the defense was 101st in available yards allowed the problem has been the last two years is BYU has fielded an absolutely elite offense truthfully one of the better offenses across the entirety of the country but the defense has been absolutely abysmal giving up as many yards points and obviously time of possession that they have uh, given up in addition to this I've had BYU coaches talk about the fact that BYU's offense has really been elite especially considering the lack of touches or the possessions that they have been given because of the defense's struggles it's not them saying that the defense sucks and they're absolutely killing us. They're just pointing out that BYU's offense, given the amount of possessions they typically have gotten over the past two years as compared to some of the more elite offenses across the country, BYU actually has done more with less. Speaking of less possessions, they've actually scored more points, gained more yards, and just done better offensively than other elite offenses. And that's not necessarily a bad thing for BYU to be talking about, but imagine what they could do. And I've talked about this on the podcast in the past. Well, imagine what they could do with an extra possession two or three in any given game, and if they're this is this efficient. This is the problem that BYU faces. The defense cannot be as bad as it was the last two years in particular. And even going back, he says in 2019 here, BYU's offense finished 23rd in countries in yards earned on offense. So they were 23rd. So they backed up a little bit in 2019. But then defense, they were 64th in available yards allowed. Now, the 2019 season did not necessarily go according to plan. There were some blowout losses in there. But BYU also was in essentially every game outside of the blowout losses to Utah and, as he points out, Washington. So the, the bigger thing, as Jeff points out, is he, he thinks that the 2023 metrics for BYU in this, the goal should be to probably mirror a little more of what 2019 did. In essence, having the offense sit in the top 25 in the country, maybe not necessarily as elite the last two years, which just with some of the turnover you've had offensively, especially at the quarterback position. Sure, if you get to top 15 or even in the case of 2021, a top five offense in this metric, that'd be awesome for BYU in 2023. That means they reloaded and just absolutely just carried on doing what they do. But if the defense improves to 64th, which we've talked about, the metrics for BYU have kind of been sitting in the 90s or the 100s last year in terms of the overall uh, top-to-bottom metrics for a defense. If you can get BYU back to the 60s, which I think is a pretty aspirational and achievable goal in 2023 for BYU on defense, that should give them a much better opportunity to get extra possessions for the offense and obviously allow the offense to have more of an opportunity to go out there and uh, win games, not necessarily having to win some of these shootouts. Is BYU going to be averse to playing in a shootout and going after it? No, they're not. We're actually going to talk about a shootout that went really, really south for BYU in 2022 coming up here in just a little bit with our look back at all of the independent games BYU played, especially it was when they hit rock bottom last season 
And we'll talk about that in a moment. But BYU needs, just in terms of their ability to win these games they're going up against in 2023, 10 straight of them are going to be Power 5 opponents, as we all know. You've got to have a defense that's more middle of the pack at minimum than bottom tier of college football. You can't be the 101st or 114th ranked defense. And this is just one metric. I get it. But I wholeheartedly endorse what Jeff is saying here because it's actually a metric that I think correlates very clearly with success success or uh, patheticness, I, I invented a word there, just uh, apathy, whatever you want to uh, say about BYU's defense the last two years, it needs to be improved. And I think that's a very, very achievable goal for BYU is those 2019 metrics. Yeah, be a top 25 offense, but be a middle of the pack defense, and that should give you an opportunity to be in the mix in every single game. Is the degree, degree of difficulty much tougher with the schedule than 2019 schedule? Yes, it is. But that's got to be, I think, what Jeff is pointing out, and I would agree with him. I'd echo what he says. You've got to be more on that. If you look at the 2019 things, he says to talk about the wins here. BYU signature wins against USC, Tennessee, and Boise State in 2019. Also dropped those games in blowout fashion to Utah and Washington. They also trounced Utah, blew out Liberty, got bested by Toledo on the final drive of the game, and they couldn't get anything going against San Diego State. Because the B- but the blowout losses to Washington and Utah notwithstanding, BYU had a chance to win every, nearly every game they played. Some games went the ways of the Cougars, and the others went, uh, didn't, but they were fighting for j- wins in just about every game in 2019. And can you ask for much more than that for BYU this first year of uh, Big 12 membership? I don't think you can. And I, I I would encourage you, go read this article top to bottom. Jeff lays it out very, very succinctly. and Not succinctly, he actually uh, very expansively, I guess is the easiest way to say it. But he explains it very clearly that this is absolutely something BYU should be looking at. And I'm sure they are. I, I don't think that Jay Hill and the defensive staff at BYU, obviously Kalani Satake as the head coach, anticipates this defense being as a business as it was in 2022, but if they are middle of the pack, pointing to more of what they were in 2019, that'd be awesome. Now, he also does say, Jeff, I will add this. You're probably asking, Jake, what about 2020? They were fantastic. 2020 was such a weird year, and obviously with all of the uh, scheduling quirks and BYU's lack of uh, uh, just overall opposition not being as elite as it has been in the other seasons that he noted here, you probably throw 2020 out, to, out, out with the with the bathwater because it was a top 25 defense as well as a top 25 offense, but the the strength of schedule we all know in 2020 was not as elite uh, as it could and should have been that season. So interesting notes all the same and a big thank you to Jeff uh, obviously and uh, great stuff by him over at Cougar Sports Insider. I encourage you guys to check out his work and obviously once again that Daily Dose podcast. I'm sure he'll be talking about this as well. Coming up here in just a minute, going to catch up uh, with a BYU uh, player that I was very eager to get to know after BYU scrimmage on Saturday. Now you're probably wondering well where's the recap of the scrimmage Jake? I did a special podcast on Saturday if you guys want more notes on that, I have a couple other notes I picked up that we'll talk about coming up next in addition to a conversation I had with Keelan Marion. And I got to say, really enjoyed getting to know this young man, and he is excited to be a part of the BYU football program. And you're going to love who really was the impetus or, I guess, the main recruiter to get him to come to BYU. And we'll talk about all of that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, a word real quick on our friends over at LinkedIn. Of course, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business or if you're a hiring manager, no matter what it is, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you guys need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the people that are right for your team faster and, more importantly, for free. Uh, go set up your profile today, uh, get the job posting out there, and then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word that you're hiring. They feature simple 
simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire and more importantly, excuse me, interview and then ultimately hire is what I should say. Obviously, that's the process you go through. But once again, it's a fantastic feature. And once again, it's free. It's all why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Once again, to post that job for free, terms and conditions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk a little bit more about BYU wrapping up training camp and obviously looking ahead to the season. Sam Houston State is nearly here, folks. It's crazy to think we're getting as close as we are, but uh, get excited. It's a very exciting time with BYU gearing up and obviously ramping up towards the season. They will officially close camp tomorrow and then uh, take a day off on Wednesday. Uh, Kalani Satake pointed out they will be going uh, river rafting. So keep an eye out for social media posts of that ilk on Wednesday and then Thursday. Uh, all attention on Sam Houston State and obviously the 2023 season. And at that point, it's on, folks. And we'll, of course, uh, have plenty of coverage for you guys every single day right here on Locked On Cougars as well. All right. Uh, had a great chance to catch up with Keelan Marion after BYU scrimmage on Saturday. A guy that is, that's expected to be part of the six-man rotation BYU's looking at when it comes uh, to their upcoming season. Fessy Satake making those comments to uh, Cougar Sports Saturday on KSL News Radio uh, and I I don't I'm not surprised by that at all. Keelan Marion is a fantastic football player and he absolutely I think is going to be in the mix for BYU over the next 2 to 3 seasons however long uh, he decides to stick around BYU. He has up to 3 seasons of eligibility remaining so he could be a BYU for quite a while if he so chooses to do that but uh, really had a great chance to catch up with him and we'll play that interview for you guys right now right here unlocked on Cougars. How'd the scrimmage go in your mind? Uh, scrimmage went great. You know, defense guy to us, offense guy to the defense. A lot of competition, great work, physical. Now, you, you obviously are one of the newcomers to this program. Guys like Keaton are newcomers as well. How do you feel your, your relationship with him as a quarterback has come along? I feel like, I feel like we're coming along pretty good. You know, he's a jokester, but he also, you know, when to lock in. We both know when to lock in. He's a jokester, though. But I feel like me and Keaton has a, a great relationship. What's your favorite part about him? My favorite part about Keaton is he he carries himself as a true NFL quarterback. Okay. As a you know, I can see him mm-hmm. going to the next level, balling out, doing his thing. Like that's what that's what pretty sur- surprised me about him that mm-hmm. he carries himself like an actual QB on and off the field. Now you play with a number of quarterbacks during your time at UConn. How nice is it to at least in theory be settled on one guy? Uh, I feel like I feel like it's great to be settled on, on one guy, but uh-huh. you know you can always be ready for multiple because you never know what could happen. Uh-huh. But I feel like me being locked in with Keaton, it's been it's been pretty great. You know Jake can also step up and rip it. Ryder, uh-huh. Kate, all them guys can come in and step in there. Nick, can all them guys can step in there and sling it. All them guys. <laughs> How's the transition to BYU been? Transition to BYU is 
been pretty good. The guys made me feel like I've been here for years. Even okay. though I've been here for about two and a half months, two months, maybe three. Mm -hmm. I lose track during camp. <laughs> I lost track during camp, but the guys, the guys does make you feel like at home. They make you feel like home. What's your favorite part about Utah so far? The mountains. Okay. The mountains. I love the mountains and the people here. I okay. love the mountains. I might take a hundred pictures of the mountains a day. <laughs> You said it like something like family and everything. <laughs> it, is, it just it just it just it just amazes me every time I step out on the field. Just like just looking out, you can see yeah. it from the stadium. It's it's amazing. Now you're a kid from Atlanta, right? Yes, sir. So I, do you ever go up to the Appalachian Mountains at all? Or Never. Anything like that? Okay. Never. So been this there. is the first. The only time I've been in the mountain was to the Y. Okay. <laughs> to the Y. Now, how would you describe your skill set as a wide receiver? I feel like I want to say I have a skill set. I just I'm a playmaker. Okay. So I, I feel like back can move in space, mm -hmm. go deep, screens, sweeps, a little tailback. Even a little tailback and get back there, make okay. something happen. Now, I, I talked with Darius not too long ago, and he told me that he likes this offense because you, obviously you're, you're supposed to do your assignment as a wide receiver, but it also allows you to express your personality is what he called it. Would you agree with that? I definitely, I definitely would agree with that because... You know, it's so many ways you can run a you can run a play. Mm -hmm. It's so many ways you can run a play and confuse it. Like sometimes, me getting into my playbook can sometimes can sometimes trick me. I feel like I have a great staff coming and calling plays. Great offensive staff. You like working with Coach Satake Fessy? Love him. <laughs> Love him. They're always positive. Never have any bad energy. Not just yelling, just to yell. He's, he's teaching. I feel like he's teaching. I ain't gonna say I feel like he's teaching. He is teaching. And now, as I understand, you're also contributing on special teams. Is that something you feel like is just part of your repertoire? Yes, sir. I feel like I can go. I can go down. I ain't gonna say I feel like it. Yeah. I know I keep saying that, but yeah. I can go down and make a tackle on kickoff, return the kicks. You take you take pride in it then. I take pride because the other people that don't, it's just not their thing. I just football is just football is just amazing. Okay. Like there you go. Football is just amazing. Like you're a football player. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, last thing for me is, uh, how was the like? What was the process like coming to BYU? Like, wh who reached out to you? What was that all like? Uh, it started from me talking with my friend Aiden, cause Aiden, okay. Aiden's parents stay back home in Georgia, mm -hmm. so he comes from Louisville mm -hmm. to uh, Georgia sometimes to visit, and we hang. And I just had reached out to him one day and told him I was, I was thinking about leaving, and if he were to put the word in, I'll come play, I'll come play with him, and join so, him. So Aiden Robbins, the reason why Kevin hey. Marion's here. Yes, sir. Well, that's awesome. Well, Keelan, thank you so much for the time. No problem. Anytime. There you go. Keelan Marion, BYU wide receiver. And a big thank you to him for taking the time to chat with me after BYU scrimmage on Saturday. As you can tell, a guy full of personality and absolutely looking to go out and make an impression for BYU this season. And for good reason. I, I think they've got a good quarterback in place with Keaton Slovis. I uh, uh, continue to hear from multiple people that uh, he really just was under the weather. He just did not feel well. And uh, he will be back in action uh, this week as BYU resumes practices, obviously closes up training camp and moves along. Now, a couple of notes I should note uh, from Saturday's podcast that I had clarified for me is that I mentioned that Max Tooley and Isaiah Glasker were, did not participate in practice. They were in pads, and I do remember seeing them in pads. I was told that if they did participate, it was the very early stages of practice, and they were kind of held out as practice progressed. That's, that shouldn't be all that surprising, and I apologize for my misspeaking on that. The other thing I pointed out, and I, I, I think that this is something that's noteworthy, is I mentioned that I think it's Will Farron's job absolutely in terms of the place kicking uh, and the field goal kicking for BYU. Uh, we did see uh, Matthias Dunn making kickoffs when the media entered practice, but one person who obviously watched all of practice reached out to me and said, Jake, it's not a competition right now. They believe it is fully Will Farron's job, both place kicking, uh, kickoffs, uh, field goals, PAT. They said it's Will Farron, and he had to have to fall apart at this point not to be the guy for BYU. They said his kicks just look uh, different. They're kicking higher. They're kicking farther. 
They just there's a, he said there's just a different sound when it comes off of his foot right now, and there's that's a good thing. If BYU's competition at kicker yielded a guy in Will Ferrin who looks the part right now, hey. I'll eat crow on saying that I was really concerned for BYU's kicking position coming out of spring, but I still stand by the fact that I was concerned about it. The nice part is it looks like the guys put in the work over the summer, speaking of Will Farron and Matthias Dunn, and if Will Farron does falter at any point, BYU will not hesitate to make a change. I believe that wholeheartedly. I don't think that Kelly Papinga is going to say, you're my guy all year, Will, and if you, uh, you're you not going to lose my faith. If, if, if he does goes out and misses three kicks, you're going to be hard-pressed not to make a change. But the nice part is it sounds like there is uh, some positive momentum on the kicking front for BYU. And I'm feeling uh, more ca- more cautiously optimistic about BYU's kicking uh, at any point uh, than the past uh, five or six months than I have. I just I really feel like it's coming along, and that's a good thing. And the other thing about it, the mark of a good uh, special teams coordinator and the coaches who are coaching up those units is to make sure these guys are getting the work in that they need to because they practice in many respects off to the side from the rest of the team and obviously you have to keep a diligent eye on guys when you're doing that and Kelly Papinga has his own responsibilities with BYU's defensive ends but it sounds like he's put a lot of good work on the special team side of things and I'm encouraged uh, by what I'm hearing on that front. One other note real quick on the scrimmage uh, before we move on to other topics on today's show is that BYU came out of that scrimmage actually fairly healthy from what I'm understanding so uh, that is also a positive considering the week before obviously a devastating injury with Michael Harper being lost for the year. You can't uh, replace a guy of his caliber, but the nice part is it, co- it sounds like coming out of this past scrimmage, despite a lot of hitting, uh, the only players that were off limits were quarterbacks in this past scrimmage. It was full tackle. We saw that with our own eyes uh, with the BYU media observation uh, on Saturday, but it was full uh, contact scrimmage on Saturday. And BYU coming out of relatively healthy is actually a very positive sign for the Cougars as well. So there you go. Some of the takeaways. And if you if you miss any of my other takeaways, names to know, uh, things that I took away from BYU scrimmage, make sure you check out the Saturday podcast. Just rewind to the uh, podcast previous to this one if you have not heard it already, but uh, that should give you more of a a deep dive on what I took away from the scrimmage uh, shortly after it ended. I actually recorded that Saturday afternoon shortly after returning home uh, from being out there. All right. Uh, Final notes on today's show include another check-in, another uh, prospect out there for BYU and recruiting. Had a great chance to catch up with Laakea Kalama. Now that last name may sound familiar. His older brother Jaron has signed with BYU, currently serving a mission in Mexico. Had a great chance to chat with La Akea after Sky Ridge High School uh, beat East. It was a game that I was on the call for for KSLSports.com and KSL Sports Rewind. We'll get to that. We'll also look back at, uh, I think, the game that BYU absolutely hit rock bottom in the 2022 season. All that's still to come right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, a word real quick on our friends over at UCCU. They have what they call Learn and Earn, my friends. The UCCU mobile banking app is paying your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become financially literate, and of course, parents don't always know the answers. Learn and Earn is here to break down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia, and every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can be accrued and be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. Think about it, my friends. It's a way to both learn and earn. That's why they're calling it that. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete head-to-head with one another, as well as uh, tracking their progress on leaderboards. There is all available now on the UCCU mobile banking app, so play it anytime, anywhere you happen to be, because we all know we have our phones on us. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn, my friends. Learn and earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of your friends over at at UCCU, love where you bank. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Cougars a part of your routine. Hope you guys have a fantastic Monday going uh, whenever you hear this. Hope you guys are all doing well out there. Uh, plenty to talk about uh, on uh, the BYU sports front real quick. couple of notes for you. The BYU women's soccer ranked 13th in the country, moved to 2-0 on the season after a 4-1 route of Cal State Fullerton on Saturday night at Southfield. Successful night all the way around for BYU. Uh, BYU outshot the Titans 22-7, including 15-3 in shots on goal. They also uh, just absolutely rocked and rolled their way. The nice part is uh, all of those uh, goals came off different uh, seven different assists and came off the feet of four different scores. Brecken Mozinga, Be- Brecken Mozingo, excuse me, Bella Felino, Ellie Walbrook, and Aaron Bailey all scored for BYU, and they'll be back in action coming up uh, this week. They're going to be still at home on Thursdays. They host Long Beach State, another Southern California team coming to Provo. Uh, it's August 24th, uh, 6 o'clock Mountain Time start, and you can, of course, check that out on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus. Also, BYU women's volleyball uh, settled for a 2-2 draw, if you want to call it that, in their blue and white scrimmage. Team blue and team white uh, played to a 2-2 uh, just draw as the 17th-ranked BYU women's volleyball program readies themselves for the start of their 2023 season. Uh, they are going to kick officially kick off their season uh, against number 5 Pitt this Friday, August 25th, the Ellison Invitational Missoula, Montana. That'll be at 2 o'clock Mountain Time. The match will be streamed on ESPN Plus, but opening the season on the road obviously looking forward to BYU women's volleyball being out on the court once again uh, finally uh, coming up all right uh, final two notes for you guys. Real quick, a great chat I had on fr- last Friday night. I was out on the call for KSL Sports Rewind doing the East and Skyridge game. Now, Skyridge has a great wide receiver. His name is Laakea Kalama, and his older brother, Jaron, signed with BYU as part of the 2021 recruiting class, if I recall correctly, out of Wasatch High School. Family moved down to Utah Valley, where Laakea is now playing for Skyridge, and he's an absolutely insane athlete. Had two highlight reel catches. I'm not to see if I can get a video of these and play them for you guys on the podcast. I'll talk to the guys at KSL Sports. We had two highlight reel catches, and we started off our conversation talking about those catches and his reaction to going out and doing what he did in the win for Skyridge over East. Yeah, I mean, we just practiced catching the ball. The, the ball's not going to be perfect. I know that. The D-line was getting good pressure all night, and then at the end of the day, you just got to make a play. Now, Jackson Stevens is your quarterback this year. Sure. What's the relationship with him like? Uh yeah, so Jackson came in. It's it's been pretty good. We've been working a lot in the off season trying to get that chemistry down. But yeah, he got an arm and he can sling it. So we're looking forward to like a good season. We'll have a good season. Now you had McKay last year, and he was quite an athlete in his own right. What's the biggest difference between him and Jackson? Um, I don't know. Two great quarterbacks. I mean, McKay was definitely huge, huge on his legs. Like he could run, and he's probably getting the first down every time. Jackson's more probably throws it a little more. I mean, McKay did what he had to, and both quarterbacks are honestly just phenomenal. Now, I just wanted to ask you, in terms of recruiting, how's everything going on that front? Um, it's going pretty good. I mean, here from a couple schools here and there. I'm off from Navy, and then other than that, I mean, we're just trying to work hard and try to get more looks. What's the What's the biggest thing you worked on as, as a receiver this offseason coming into this year? The biggest thing I would say is just being consistent. 
Um, shout out to Ross Apo. Um, okay. I train with him and it's just consistency because I pretty much train breaks, everything, almost everything a receiver has, but now it's just being consistent with it and perfecting that. What's it been like working with Ross? Obviously, he's a, he's a legend around these parts in terms of training wide receivers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ross, best trainer in the 801, <laughs> easily. Just, yeah, a great guy and just... I would, I would hit him up if you're trying to get right because he'll get you right for sure. Obviously, your brother uh, signed with BYU, currently serving a mission for the Church of Jesus yes, Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, how much contact do you have with him? Is he pushing you to, hey, join him at the Y? What's all that like? Um, yeah, I mean, we talked to him on Mondays. Um, I think for him, he's, he's more focused on his mission right now, so which is a good thing. And then he's just he's having a good time at there, so it was a great experience. But yeah, as for the BYU part, I don't know. We'll see. He's excited to come back and play, so we'll see. Uh, have you been in contact with BYU? Um, a little bit, kind of. I think they've, they've told me they've seen me more as like a running back maybe, but I don't know. We'll see. Now, in terms of just uh, moving forward here, what are the goals for you guys, repeat state champions? What are you guys looking to do this season? Yeah, for sure. The end goal is definitely to repeat state championship, but like it's everything building up to that point. So we just got to stay consistent and – it's like we just got to take it one week at a time, and we can't get too high. I know last year we won the state championship, but that all goes out the window. Like, this is a whole new season. It'll be a different outcome. We just got to keep pushing ourselves. There you go, Laakea Kalama, and I'm hopeful that BYU will pick up their recruiting interest in him because it sounds like it may have fallen off a little bit, but I thought it was an absolute sensation in that game for Sky Ridges. They proved a 2-0 on the season. They're obviously the 6A defending champions in the state of Utah and looking, obviously, as, you, as he mentioned, to going out and winning another state title for the second straight year, but off to a good start. And he himself, speaking of Laakea, they call him Laa as well for short, a really, really good football player. And uh, I think he'd be uh, a very, very nice addition to BYU if they can land him in the recruiting process. But we'll kind of uh, wait and see how it all shakes out. Now, uh, a note I failed to uh, point out is BYU is on their tour over in Europe. They opened their uh, their uh, European tour in Italy and Croatia with a 100-64 win over Orange 1 Bassano on Saturday. Uh, Keegan Brown, who is the director as one of the staff members for BYU men's basketball, pointed out that Trevin Nell who comes off of a redshirt year last year with shoulder surgery, uh, led the team with 20 points, three rebounds, and two assists. Spencer Johnson, 12 points, five rebounds, two assists. Noah Waterman, 11 points. Husseini Traore, uh, 11 points and 10 rebounds. And uh, really, really good showing for BYU in that win over Orange 1 Bassano. They'll play three more games this week as they continue their tour over there uh, in Europe. And obviously looking forward to more updates on this, but it sounds like a very, very successful day for BYU on the hardwoods in Milan, Italy. They had a they had an opportunity to attend church and also do a uh, a fireside on Sunday evening. If you guys did not see that online on social media, BYU was meeting with missionaries and other members in Milan, Italy. Really cool stuff for them to be able to do that. All right, final note. as we go, uh, We're going to be a little over time on today's show, but nonetheless, plenty of information to pack in here. But BYU, we talked about a really tough loss for them in a game against Notre Dame last Friday as we continue our look back at all 155 games for BYU. Well, that one I think uh, was a really, really tough loss for BYU. But where things really bottomed out in my mind in the 2022 season was the home game the following week as Arkansas came to Provo, Utah. Now the Razorbacks were a middling team. They were four, excuse me, three and three coming into this game. Uh, the thought was that this was a very important game for the Razorbacks if they wanted to get to bowl eligibility. BYU obviously sitting at four and two had aspirations getting back into the win column, getting the poor taste out of their mouth uh, after that loss to Notre Dame. But in this game, BYU's defense just absolutely crippled BYU. We talked about 
uh, earlier on on today's show, how you have to have a defense that can get some stops. In this game, Arkansas, their very first uh, two series, they had a fumble and then they punted. After those first two series, which BYU actually ended up, let's see, they were up 13-7 at one point in this game, at 21-14 as well for, at one point for BYU. And then, but after their first two series for the Arkansas Razorbacks, the Razorbacks scored on eight straight possessions. Yes, eight straight in the middle part of this game. The final possession that they had actually ended up turning it over on downs. Uh, they actually carved off 16 plays, uh, 73 yards, 10 minutes and 2 seconds off the clock as they tried to grind out the game for BYU. They scored 52 points in, in that span. And now BYU had their moments in this game, but the defense just could not and just apparently just couldn't find an answer. To stop anything, the uh, KJ Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, nothing that Arkansas seemed to do, BYU had an answer for. KJ Jefferson passed for 365 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Raheem or Rocket Sanders, as most people call him, 15 carries, 175 yards. He averaged 11.7 yards per carry. Just absolutely insane numbers. BYU is a team game of 367 yards passing and 277 yards rushing. And uh, if you believe the reports, the day after this game, Elias Tuiaki essentially walked into Kalani Satake's office and said, I'm tendering my resignation. Now, Kalani refused to accept that resignation at that point, and he became essentially the de facto defensive coordinator, helping out with game plans and the like the rest of the year for BYU. But this is really where it, it bottomed out. Now, BYU would go on, as we'll talk about over the next couple of days, to suffer two more losses in an absolutely miserable month of October. But this felt like the turning point that really, I guess, the straw that broke the camel's back for BYU. I think it pointed out to Kalani Sitake that something was absolutely broken with his defense, and he needed to step in. Obviously, he ultimately needed to make a change at the top of his defense and brought in Jay Hill. But this was the kind of the poster child for what we talked about on earlier on today's show. You have to have a defense that can get a stop every so often. Allowing a team to score on eight straight possessions and eight of their 11 possessions in the game itself. And by the way, that final possession, they nearly scored on again. You just can't have that. It was unacceptable, and BYU knew it, and Kalani Sitake knew it, and obviously it necessitated a change, and obviously he ultimately would make that change at the end of the year. Now, there are some, some of you who would say, we should have made the change in season. You know what? That's Kalani Sitake's decision, and he ultimately felt like, you know what, right now I need everybody I can muster uh, to help me out and hopefully turn this around. Did things turn around right away? No, they did not. And we'll talk about another game, uh, one of the biggest games in this program's history, speaking of the Liberty Flames, on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. A big thank you to all of you uh, for bearing with me. My voice just a little bit uh, weird. I, I Maybe, I don't know, uh, pick up a, a small bug over the weekend. I don't know. It just sounded weird to me in my own headphones. It kind of been sounding weird to me all day uh, leading up to recording this. But nonetheless, thank you for all of your support. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. Thank you for making it your first listen. All the spill we talk about all the time, but cannot thank you guys enough for your support of the podcast. And until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day, everybody. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.